Welcome, friends, to another devotional thought. Today we are going to be looking at Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3, or 1 through 3. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. We find here the creation of the Sabbath day. This is the end of the week of creation. And as we look through the creation week, we find that Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. And then the very next day, the seventh day, the Lord creates a Sabbath. I find this very interesting because the the commandment says that we're supposed to work for six days. Adam and Eve had not had six days to labor or to do any such thing. And yet the Lord immediately said, keep the Sabbath day. It's also important to point out here that uh, this is roughly approximately 2,000 years before there was any Jew or any Israelite nation. So I cannot believe that this was just made for the Jews. The Sabbath was made for all men because it was created at creation as a memorial to creation. Commenting on this in a book called Patriarchs and Prophets, page 48, the author says this, God saw that a Sabbath was essential for man, even in paradise. He needed to lay aside his own interests and pursuits for one day of the seven that he might more fully contemplate the works of God and meditate upon his power and goodness. He needed a Sabbath to remind him more vividly of God and to awaken gratitude because all that he enjoyed and possessed came from the beneficent hand of the Creator. I want to take this time to say this, friends, that the Lord gave us the Sabbath to be a blessing, to spend time with him unbroken time with him, not to be weighed down by the cares of our lives and the world outside of our relationship with him. And I'm going to say this right now. Yes, we are to worship God or have a worship hour with God seven days a week. But let's make this clear. The Lord, it says here that the Lord sanctified the seventh day. He made it special. To sanctify means to set aside for holy, special use. The Lord set aside the seventh day for holy, special use. And that holy, special use was for us to come away from the world and to enjoy unbroken communion with God. As we flip forward to the actual Ten Commandments, we see this. In Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I want to stop right there. It's interesting to me that the Lord says, Remember the Sabbath day. And it is the only commandment in the 10 that says, Remember. I believe that the Lord knew that we would forget to rest for one day a week. I believe that He knew, he saw down through the corridors of time that we would become so busy that our time with him 
would shrink and shrink and shrivel to the point that it is almost nothing. And that's why he says, remember, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do, thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is and rest of the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Not only does the Lord say that I'm supposed to rest, but he also says that all in my house are to rest. And all that I employ are to rest. Even the animals under my care are to rest. Nothing is left out here. And it tells us why. It's because six days the Lord the Lord himself labored in creating the world. And the seventh day he stood back and pronounced the whole thing very good and rested. We need to remember that the law, the Ten Commandments, was made for our happiness so that we can know the difference between good and evil so that we can be in a right relationship with God. It's not supposed to weigh us down. A Christian author says, commenting on this, says, God has given us his holy precepts because he loves mankind. To shield us from the results of transgression, he reveals the principles of righteousness. God desires us to be happy. And he gave us the precepts of the law that in obeying them we might have joy. Since the law of the Lord is perfect, every variation from it must be evil. Those who disobey the commandments of God and teach others to do so are condemned by Christ. The Savior's life of obedience maintained the claims of the law. It proved that the law could be kept in humanity and showed the excellence of character that obedience would develop. All who obey as he did are likewise declaring that the law is holy and just and good. Romans 7.12 On the other hand, all who break God's commandments are sustaining Satan's claim that the law is unjust and cannot be obeyed. Thus they second the deceptions of the great adversary and cast dishonor upon God. They are the children of the wicked one who was the first rebel against God's law. Okay, friends, we need to remember that the Bible again and again says that the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is eternal. We hear this so much today that, well, the law was nailed to the cross. If the law was nailed to the cross, I want to use a little bit of logic with you. Why do we inherently know that murder is wrong? Thou shalt not kill. Why do we know that sleeping with another man's wife is inherently wrong? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Taking something that is not mine, thou shalt not steal. All these things we inherently know to be wrong. But then when we come to the Sabbath commandment, we say, nope, that was done away with at the cross. I'll tell you why, because it deals with our time and we want to be the masters of our time rather than God. Moving on through this, we see uh, Jesus saying about the Sabbath in Mark 2, 27. He says that the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. So we see in Jesus's teaching that the Sabbath was made to be a blessing to his people. Luke 
4.16, it says that Jesus' custom was to go into the into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. I'm not going to read all of these these verses, but you can look at them for yourselves. Acts 13.14, Acts 16.13, and Acts 13.42 and 44 all show that the apostles kept the Sabbath day after the Lord had died and resurrected. On that note, we are going to turn to Isaiah 56, 2 as we begin to wind this down. I'm going to turn there myself. Isaiah 56 and verse 2 says, Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold up hold on it that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his, keepeth his hand from doing evil. Again, Isaiah is reiterating that the Sabbath is binding. Isaiah 58, 13, and 14 states this. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The Lord here has said that we are to turn away our foot from doing our own things on the Sabbath, from working, from doing, from taking care of our what we normally take care of, the other six. Commenting on this again, a a Christian writer says, God has given men six days wherein to labor, and he requires that their own work be done in the six working days. Acts of necessity and mercy are permitted on the Sabbath. The sick and suffering are at all times to be cared for. But unnecessary labor is to be strictly avoided. Turn away thy foot from the Sabbath from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight the holy of the Lord, honorable, and honor him not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure. Nor does the prohibition end here, nor speaking thine own words, says the prophet. Those who discuss business matters or lay plans on the Sabbath are regarded by God as though engaged in the actual transaction of business. We see this even in the ministry of Jesus. He says that uh, adultery begins in the heart, murder begins in the heart. So we can actually break the Lord's Sabbath without physically doing something if our mind is elsewhere. As I close this down, I want to look at Isaiah 66 and verse 23. What about in the new earth? This is all about the new creation. Isaiah 66, 15 through 24 talks about the new creation. But what we see in verse 23 is, And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Even in the new creation, we will worship before the Lord in corporate worship on the Sabbath day. Commenting on this, a Christian writer says, The Sabbath was embodied in the law given from Sinai, but it was not then first made known as a day of rest. The people of Israel had a knowledge of it before they came to Sinai. On the way thither, the 
Sabbath was kept. When some profaned it, the Lord reproved them, saying, How long refuse, refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? The Sabbath, Sabbath was not for Israel merely, but for the world. It had been made known to man in Eden, and like the other precepts of the Decalogue, it is of imperishable obligation. Of that law of which the fourth commandment forms a part, Christ declares, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law. So long as the heavens and the earth endure, the Sabbath will continue as a sign of the Creator's power. And when Eden shall bloom on earth again, God's holy rest day will be honored by all beneath the sun, from one Sabbath to another. The inhabitants of the, of the glorified new earth shall go up to worship before me, saith the Lord. Friends, I want to make this clear that the Lord has made it clear to us that we are to keep the Sabbath. Not a Sabbath of our own devising, but the Sabbath. And we can know what the Sabbath is. The Lord says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. He does not say, remember a Sabbath day. So we're not just to choose one out of the seven days to keep. But he says, remember the Sabbath day. The Lord has made it abundantly clear to us. The day that the Lord Christ died, we all refer to as Good Friday. The day that he resurrected, we all refer to as Easter Sunday. So the Lord died on Friday, slept in the tomb on Sabbath or Saturday, and rose and went back to work on Sunday, the first day of the week. We also see this in many languages around the world, that um, the word for Saturday in more than 150 languages around the world is some deriv derivative of the word Sabbath. Spanish is sabato. German is samstag. French is samidi. Italian, sabato. The Lord has made it abundantly clear. And if you want more information on this, you can look up sabbathtruth.com but I want to leave you with one more thought the Sabbath is about spending time with God it's about resting with him communing with him and it is ultimately about where do we put our value Christ himself says in Matthew 6 and verse 21 for where your treasure is there your heart will be also if our heart is with the Lord, we will want to do the things of the Lord, friends. We will want to keep the things that the Lord says. No qualms, no if, ands, or buts with the Lord. If I love God and he calls me to do something, I will do it. Let's close with a little word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this beautiful day again. And I pray that you will bless us and keep us in your ways today. Please. I pray that you will help us to get the things done that we need to this week and help us to enjoy your Sabbath rest when it comes. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.